Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Welcome back to the show. We are so excited to have our next guest joining us. Anne Sharp is back for more, and we're excited to talk to her in regards to, well, the organization process. That's what she does best. Today, it's all about kitchens and pantries, but boy, oh boy, you're in for a surprise. Anne really knows what she's doing when it comes to uh, professional organizing. That's what she is, a certified professional organizer, closet designer, and at the name of the company is called A Sharp Space. So please, introduce yourself to our listeners. Thank you so much. Uh, good afternoon, everyone. This is Anne Sharp. My business is called A Sharp Space, and I'm a certified professional organizer specializing in residential organizing. Perfect. Tell us how we could reach you. Um, you can reach me via my website, which is asharpspace.com, A-S-H-A-R-P, SPACE.com. And my phone number is 617-939-4641. Perfect. Thank you so much. Let's talk today about some of your organizational skills. And you said pantries. Uh, we're talking kitchens. This is exciting stuff. And... Yeah, I think with kitchens... <laughs> Go ahead. Oh. I was going to say, your design layout, right, kind of impacts where you store things. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? <laughs> Yeah, I think with kitchens, um, if you're lucky enough to design your own kitchen, um, you know, there's a lot to consider. And hopefully, if that is the case, you know, you have an architect or a kitchen designer, interior designer working with you. Um, but one of the considerations, even if, you know, you have an existing kitchen that you want to make the most of, is to make sure that you keep what we would call um, the work triangle clear of clutter. And that's really the space between the kitchen sink, the cooktop, and your refrigerator. Um, you know, those are three areas in your kitchen which you're going to use a lot in preparing a meal. And it's just important that that work triangle um, is kept clear, you know, that you don't have obstacles in your way on the floor, um, and that you have some cooked countertops space, you know, good for preparing food. So, I'm oh, sorry. That's okay. My phone's going. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, and, you know, it, it shouldn't be too big an area either. Um, the ideal work tr- in triangle is maybe like four to nine feet. I've been in kitchens which are just so big that, you know, you're just like walking too far to actually do what you need to do in a kitchen. Um, so, you know, some people say, oh, you know, it's got a galley kitchen. But, you know, a galley c- kitchen is probably designed with efficiency in mind. And, you know, it can work very well. So, um, you know, I, what, what my job is really is to make the most of the kitchen that you have. And, uh, you know, I will definitely try to place things where best they should be placed because, you um, you know, I think the kitchen of all the places in your home should be very functional. Um, aesthetics, you know, are important, but I think function rules in the kitchen, so it should work. And there's a lot of things to consider. And it's not just about what you're storing in the kitchen, but it's who's using the things. Um, for example, I remember once arriving at a job where we were unpacking. People had literally, you know, all the stuff was coming off the moving truck. And the guy sort of almost met us at the door and said, don't touch the kitchen. I'm the chef in the house. I have a certain way. I like things set up. 
I'll do the kitchen, and, you know, we quickly started working in other parts of the house, but that that's pretty unusual. A lot of people want the kitchen set up early on, but, you know, if you've got a very particular way of cooking and preparing food, you know, that's maybe just how you want to do it, and you want to do it yourself. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it is important to understand who's using it, um, and, and even the age of the people using it, because I think often you think you set your kitchen up and, you know, 20 years later it's set up the same way. And maybe, you know, your young children are now uh, teenagers or young adults and, um, you know, you need to rethink how things are stored. Because um, often young children um, can help themselves to, you know, snacks and drinks and you know, things that you might have put at a height for an adult should gravitate to maybe lower drawers and cupboards so they can help themselves. So there's quite a lot to think about. <laughs> I cannot believe it. You're right. Because, yeah, who's really using the kitchen, right? Is it, uh, yeah, the family members? Is it a chef? Is it the parents? Is it the children? So let's talk about, you know, the typical what's typically stored in uh, a kitchen. Can you do that? And then maybe we can, you know, get to a little bit about the appliances, utensils, and everything in between. (laughs) Yeah, well, there is a lot stored in a kitchen, and sometimes, of course, there's things that shouldn't necessarily be in a kitchen, but it all depends on how much space you have. Um, Typically, what I find is people have maybe more appliances than they're using on a routine basis. And I think today there are many appliances that can serve multi-purposes. So, you know, if you're starting from scratch, I would look for something that, you know, you know, do you really want a very big oven or would a kind of, you know, oven that also broils work for you? Or, you know, what about an air fryer that maybe, you know, does a number of things? Because I find often there's these large appliances in kitchens that are very infrequently used, you know, maybe the bread maker or, well, it's funny, a rice cooker often is used mm-hmm. more often, but you want to figure out what are you using the most and give it prime real estate. And those appliances which, you know, you use very infrequently or, or maybe seasonally for um, entertaining should maybe live elsewhere, you know, maybe you've got a basement cupboard or a closet somewhere else in an unused bedroom, or it can just live most of the year and just bring it out when you need it. Um, I think it's all about giving prime real estate to what you use the most. It's funny Um, you mentioned an air fryer because I got one for Christmas two years ago. And all it did was take up space and collected dust in my kitchen. Right. And it took up so much. I finally had to put it away in the garage, and I've used it maybe once since. But there's some things that maybe we should not leave on the countertop, right? Like including like toaster ovens or, you know, a set of knives. You know, what what do most people, what, you know, I guess it's different for everyone what they use most. But I, I don't know. I just like the look of a clean countertop. But I always, you know, I have trouble with that myself. Yeah. I even throw mail on there, and it gets all dis- disarrayed. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. A lot of people like the idea of a very clear countertop. It, it can be hard to manage. And I, I do remember working with one young mum about a year ago. And, you know, she had kids that were elementary school age, and she would bake with them often, I mean, almost daily. And yet her kitchen aid, which is a fairly heavy appliance, was in a low cupboard. And she was, like, pulling it out every day. And I thought, you know, this is one place where the aesthetic of a uh, clear countertop doesn't really work for you. You, you know, you, 
you're picking up this heavy appliance on a daily basis to put it on the counter. And the KitchenAid is actually quite a nice-looking kitchen appliance, you know, and it is a kitchen after all, you know. So, I, you know, you have to go with whatever the client's um, image and aesthetic is and, you know, how they work. But there's definitely a case for keeping certain appliances out and available. Like, personally, I, I do have a toaster and a kettle out at all times because we make a lot of toast and I boil a lot of water. So, you know, it would be really annoying for me to have to pull those out all the time. Um, you know, and I, and I don't personally own an air fryer. So, you know, um, and I don't have um, a crock pot. A lot of, I don't have a bread maker. I don't have a lot of things. I don't have a rice cooker either. Um, I try to make do <laughs> with less. Uh, so... Um, but there are some um, hand appliances, you know, smaller ones. People are very into making smoothies and, you know, healthy drinks and things. Those can often be housed just in a drawer, you know, or, you know, a convenient cabinet. They don't have to be out, you know, so. Anyway, um, if you want to talk a little about utensils, um, <laughs> I think people um, have often more utensils than they need. Um, it's funny, they're the sort of thing that are marketed quite a lot. When you go in a nice shop, you know, you'll see these utensils in pretty colors or whatever, and it's very easy to pick up extra or, you know, gift them. You know, sometimes they can look very nice, but um, you can't have too many. I mean, there's certain things, obviously, you need more than one of, you know, like wooden spoons and things, but... Um, I was once on a job where, again, in a non-pack, we were, like, sorting all the utensils to try to figure out how best to store them. And by the time we got to the seventh ice cream scoop, I was just, like, in disbelief. I thought, you know, yes, maybe if you like ice cream, you want to have a couple, three if you want different flavors. But, you know, I think it's only when you put everything together that you realize that, oh, wow, I didn't even know I had, you know, three tin openers or whatever. So um, I would pick the best of what you have, maybe have a backup if it's something you use a lot, you know, um, and then decide how you want to store it. I mean, a lot of times they're put in a drawer with dividers. Some people like to have some of the cooking ones out near the cooktop, you know, in like a utensil for a jar or pot near the cooktop. Um, I do try to separate the cooking utensils versus serving utensils um, and even barbecue utensils, which, again, are more specialized. So, um, yeah, anyway. <laughs> well, I have the problem of having too many. I don't know why. I guess I bought extra sets of forks and knives and it comes. And all they do is just jam my draw every day and we're a family of three right the rarity yeah. of us having company and it's really annoying but i don't want to throw them away i don't know where to put them but you know maybe it's time to wrap them up and put them in storage because it's just annoying that and yeah even i mean let, let, let me also tell you even my plastic items like for my kids to go to school the plastic forks and spoons it's just it's overwhelming there's just too much of everything i don't think we need all of that and then we also have about five salad tongs but i barely even make salad so it's like a hoarding situation. We just feel attached. We gotta let it go. Oh, I got that from so and so, and oh, I remember that tongue. It's just a lot of it is an emotional connection, right? Yeah, no, it is funny. You you do often remember when you acquired something, you know, and um, 
yeah, I mean, maybe it was a nice day out and you went into this cute little kitchen craft shop and picked something up and, yeah, maybe it brings back the day, so keep it, you know. But um, your, your everyday, you know, flatware, I, I think is, you know, for, I mean, certainly your size family, probably a set of eight is plenty, you know, because you don't want to have to put the dishwasher on when there's, like, a few dishes in it. But um, I, I think a normal flatware set of eight to ten is enough for most people's purposes, unless they've got a large family. And the extras, I mean, I'm not saying get rid of them because if you're entertaining, you may well want them, but maybe just find a different place to keep them. Um, just put an elastic band around them even, you know, it'll take up very little space, um, put them in as a plug bag, whatever, and just store them, you know, somewhere away from the prime real estate so they're not getting all mixed up and cluttering in your drawer. So that's what I would do. Okay, mm. thank you. Good, good advice. And we also got to remind everyone how we could reach you. Um, the best way is via my website or by phone. My phone number is 617-939-4641. And my website is asharpspace.com. Um, Perfect. And also, we're going to take a super quick break right here. Are you on any social media pages as well? Um, I'm on LinkedIn. Perfect. All right. Yeah, just my name. All right. Stay yep. tuned, everyone. We're going to take a super quick break. Don't go anywhere. 30 seconds. <laughs> Celebrating Bubby's 70th birthday. Seven months after her birthday. Saying I don't to more postponements. And I do to each other. The life-changing vacation? Just a little later in life. And the taste of some home cooking that's been simmering for months. Sorry, I think this one's mine. Oh, my bad. For all the things that you've been looking forward to getting back to, we've got a plane for that. Visit JetBlue.com for everyday low fares. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. And welcome back to the show. It's all about home organization. Yeah, we're talking kitchens and pantries. Talking about what should be stored in the kitchen, where it should be stored, what we should have, and how to make the best use of storage that we do have. We're also going to talk more about your food items and all that in just a moment. In the meantime, we got to welcome back Anne Sharp to the show. A sharper space. Excuse me, a sharp space. That's A-S-H-A-R-P-S-P-A-C-E.com. She's here helping you with home organization class design, move management, and so much more. So we're back today focusing on our pantries and kitchens. What else do you have for us? Um, well, I think another consideration is um, how your cabinets are organized. Um, I know often when you move into a house, you know, the shelves are set at a certain height and you start unpacking and putting things away. Um, maybe you've never even looked at the heights that your shelves are at. But if you do, you will realize that most kitchen cabinets have a number of adjustments so that the shelves can be set at different heights. And, you know, if you're a shorter person, you'll want that first shelf up to be lower. Um, and, you know, if possible, if you can get an extra shelf, but I know often I'm helping people when they're moving into new homes, and I say, ask the contractor if he can give you an extra shelf. I'm always a little blown away by how few shelves they give you in kitchen cabinets. But, um, you know... Set at least the first two shelves at a height that you can reach. Um, and if, if you can't fit everything in the number of shelves you've been provided, you can use risers, which are just like, it's like providing an extra shelf between 
the shots that the cabinet came with. And, and that can just help get you a lot extra storage space. Um, and I always say to have a kitchen stool handy, you know, even just a little fold-up one, um, just something handy so that whatever you do put in the on the upper shelves is not lost forever. Um, and lower cabinets... Um, most newer kitchens, I would say, have probably got pull-ups or drawers in the lower cabinets. If you do have fixed shelves in the lower cabinets, you can retrofit pull-outs. Um, they're called, just called pull-outs. You know, they actually get uh, fixed to the shelf and um, can pull out. So you can maybe store your appliances on them and pull them towards you so you're not, you know, digging deep in a cupboard. Um Personally, I've probably designed three kitchens in my lifetime in different homes, and uh, in my last one, I put all drawers in the lower, like below the countertop, because a cupboard with a pull-out is basically just a drawer, so why not just go for the drawer and get the maximum space? So, But I, I like to have different depths of drawers, so, you know, if you're in the kitchen design business and you're looking for a new one, make sure you uh, don't have all the drawers the same depth, because you're, you're going to have some tall pots and maybe some small appliances that stand that are going to need a little extra height, you know. So I think a mix of heights is good. Mm. Now, let me just ask you, if someone doesn't have the proper shelving in their kitchen that could use some, is that something that you also specialize in and you can help them with? Um, I, I don't really help so much with big cabinets themselves, but I can recommend... Um, risers that will maybe work aesthetically with the cabinets you have, you know, either clear or white or depending on the finish that's in your cabinet. There's also bamboo ones just to try to give you that, like, helper shelf is another nickname for them. Um, But the other place you can get extra storage out of your kitchen, particularly in a pantry, is on the back of the door. You know, if if you actually have a pantry with a door, uh, when you open that door, the back of that door is kind of up for grabs, you know, and maybe you haven't ever thought to add um, a rack system on the back of the door with baskets so that you can store, you know, you can get a lot of um, storage space there for, you know, um, jams and jellies and pickles and jars and canned goods, small packets of items. Um, I mean, the Alpha system has a great uh, door rack where you can adjust the baskets and they come in different heights and depths. Um, You know, so there there are ways to add extra storage to, you know, whatever you've been given. Beautiful. Well, we uh, love your work. If you go to the website again, make sure you do that too to see more. In the meantime, that's a sharpspace.com. And again, kitchens and pantries. This is exciting. Um, and, you know, I, I, one thing that I was reading before during the break, uh, you know, we were talking about pantry refrigerators, but uh, decant or to not to decant. <laughs> is, that, yeah. is that an item for wasted space? Come on. <laughs> um. It's, it's funny, um, I, I have a couple of clients who are lucky enough that they have a staff, you know, so it, it, it's again, it's a case of like, well, who, who are you working with and who's working in the kitchen, you know, so sometimes, um, you know, the owner wants the aesthetic of that beautiful pantry with everything decanted and labeled in glass jars, and that's great if you keep on top of it, you know, and if that works for you. But I have to say that a lot of the containers that are sold are for, you know, exactly 
um, two pounds of sugar or five pounds of flour. And what about when you get to the very bottom of it? There's not enough space to add another full bag, but, you know, so I think when people want to decant, I say, well, just leave room behind or somewhere, you know, for the extras because they're not going to be, like, perfectly full all the time, you know. Um, and you do need, it's very important to label if, if you are going to decant. But not everybody wants to. And to be honest, if you're in a family where there's a lot of allergies, um, the packet has a lot of information on what is in what you've bought. And sometimes you don't want to lose that, you, you know. Um, or there may be directions about what to do with whatever it is. Maybe it's some kind of dessert or whatever. So... I mean, there is a value to having the packets. Um, so it's a very personal thing is what I'm trying to say, I guess. Um, whatever works for your family, you know, and that you can keep up and maintain. Beautiful. Well, what else would you like to add today about the kitchens and pantries and inventory and all that? Um, well, I, I think in the pantry, you know, if, if you're lucky enough to have one, maybe it's just a cupboard, not, not like a, a room. But um, just try to keep on top of expiration dates for foods, um, particularly spices, which, funnily enough, people tend to buy spices often when they're cooking a new recipe, and, and then it goes in the cupboard and doesn't get looked at again until that recipe surfaces again, if it was a success. Um, and they don't last forever. I mean, you can take the top off a spice, and sometimes there'll be no aroma or smell whatsoever. Maybe there shouldn't be, but just be on top of the fact that they don't, live forever and you might need to replace some every now and again um so i would just make sure that whatever you're using in your pantry um if you like the oldest foods that are not expired or towards the front and when you're stocking up and buying new things that you put them in at the back probably much the same way as the supermarket that you're buying from is doing um you know just to make sure you're using what's going to expire soon rather than uh losing it and I think the other consideration I would say in a pantry is um, don't don't lose the space at the back of a shelf. I mean, if you have multiple of the same thing, um, sort of put all of the same front to back. And if, if you want to use a container to keep together and label it, um, there's a lot of very affordable containers or sustainable containers you can use to group like items. But designate zones within your pantry, maybe for canned goods or for oils or, um, you know, snacks, drinks, whatever. And try to put the heavier items um, more in, like, the middle, like, between your shoulder and waist um, so that you're not lifting very heavy items from the floor or from above your head. Um, so, you know, that top deep shelf is a good one for the extra kitchen rolls or whatever. Um, so that something light is on the upper shelves. Um, so, you know, think about placement as well. Just a quick question. Speaking of pantries and kitchens, do you, um, I don't like, I don't know your, your take as an organizer, but, um, people that have the cabinets that are open with glass, I mean, it's pretty to look at the oh. light, but uh, you can't hide anything. Those are like, it's only if you have no, like extra cabinet space, I would think. Or do some people get them thinking they're going to keep them clean and neat, and then they become full of stuff, and it's just an eyesore? Yeah, I must admit I haven't seen kitchens where like 
where every cabin of the site that I've definitely seen where there's some open shelving or um, some glass shelving, usually on the upper cabinets. And then what I would do if I was unpacking into a kitchen like that, I would put more of the dishes in those kind of cabinets. Um, I certainly wouldn't be putting food items in because it's just too busy, all the different colors of the packets and containers, you know. Um, I mean, some appliances can look quite nice, and could, could be showcased, but I'd probably use it more for dishes and serviceware. Um, I mean, I have one area in my kitchen which is open, um, and it just kind of worked with the depth because I had some serving dishes that were very deep, and but I didn't want to make all the cabinets that depth with glass, so the middle section is just open shelving, and then I can put wider things on it, and they protrude a little, but it's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, but you have to be aware that those items are going to get dusty and a little grimy in a kitchen, so if they're used infrequently, you're going to have to wash them before you use them. Got it. You Good know. to know. So, all right, well, we are yeah. just about out of time today, and remind us how we can reach out to you, please. Um, you can reach me through my website. I do have a Calendly link if you want a you know complimentary discovery call to see if we're a good fit, and also by phone, which is six one seven nine three nine four six four one. Well, thank you again, or check her out on LinkedIn. You have a fantastic day. Happy organizing, and now I'm going to look at my kitchen later tonight and say, okay. can, can tell me today. Okay, I got to move this, put this away. <laughs> thank you so much. I appreciate it. Give me a FaceTime call later. <laughs> thank you, sweetheart. Sounds good. Bye-bye. Okay. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. They'll challenge your authority. They'll try to break your will. They'll push you to the edge of your sanity. Because that's what kids do. But this car is your territory, not theirs. Defend it. Who makes the payments? Who cleans it? Who drives it? You do. That's who. And in here, your word is law. So when you say you won't move until everyone's buckled up, you won't budge an inch until you hear that click. Never give up until they buckle up. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. For more information, visit safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup.